Hello, 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 hello. It's good to see you. Say hello. Welcome to the Husky Hockey Podcast, the number one resource to remind you that no matter what Bob has in store, we're going to come back for round three. Bob tries to not schedule the Huskies. Doesn't matter. We're, we're going to come after him at least one more time here uh, coming up. Who knows? Maybe even next year, too. But we got uh, one exciting game on the docket tomorrow after the uh, Huskies uh, end up blanking Minnesota State for rip. And uh, the Gophers end up uh, uh, taking it to Canisius after a five-minute major was kind of the turning point in that game. Uh, but after that, um, it was smooth sailing for the Gophers, and uh, we got one uh, expensive uh, showdown in Fargo as people um, are scrounging to get tickets at Shields Arena for um, capacity. There's about five thousand, so it's uh, it's a bluff. Never, never before has so many people wanted to go to Fargo. I think uh, I think that's you know get worried about people in the wood chippers. So. Andrew, I got Andrew here with me, and uh, let's let's talk about the Mankato game first and foremost. We're going to try to keep a short, tight, twenty-minute podcast. What do you say? No, we're not going. We're, 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 we're going to blow by <laughs> that gonna, for sure. Yeah, I well, said we'll we'll keep it short, under, under an hour, hour, and that that I think even, is even, is maybe optimistic. Even that we could. I mean, especially if we start breaking down every Big Ten goal so far scored in this tournament, because, geez, swing and a miss on my part on that one. But we'll get to that. Let's let's talk to the good team at hand. Uh, Huskies, how uh, what were your thoughts on the game? How do you think they played? Well, as it turns out, we're, we're recording this in the middle of the Michigan-Colgate game, the final game of the night, final game of the first round. And, I mean, Maybe St. Cloud and Mankato was the best game of the first round. I mean, Col- Col- or, uh, Cornell and Denver was the, the tightest affair, 2 nothing. But I thought maybe the Mankato-St. Cloud game was a little bit it was a little more drama-filled, obviously. A little more exciting. Than I'm one, biased yeah. because I, I, had a, I had an emotional stake to one of the teams in the game. But just seeing the other games here just be absolute routes um, by halfway through the game. I mean, so disappointing on that front, but you know, I'm actually perspective. I'm actually taken back to a tweet that I saw. I want to say it was around mid mid January. And I can't remember who said it, but it, it, it felt like, you know, the person said, it feels like this year there's about six good teams and everyone else is a big question mark. And I think we're kind of seeing that now. Um, and and I think the six teams that they had in question might have changed a little bit, but I think, um, you know, when there's talk about expanding the tournament or anything along those lines, I mean, this is definitely a, a notch in the against column, considering the level of play that we've seen. Right. That's the surprising part is that we've been hearing parody. It's parody in, in college hockey, not just this year, but going back a couple of years, this, uh, and this this would uh yeah belie that notion but it, it you know i think it is kind of another 
random randomness of the NCAAs too. I mean, we don't see the one this goal. Kind of, these yeah. kind of games ever. I mean, eight nothing, nine two. This Michigan Colgate game, it's at six nothing as we're recording now. Uh, uh, these these are outliers uh, as well, and just and scoring in bunches too, like just pouring on goals in a in a short period of time. The third period for the Gophers yesterday against Canisius. Uh, five goals here in the second period and not even done the Michigan game. Penn State, that was a floodgates erupt kind of situation on a great goalie too. It, mm-hmm. Our our sort of endorsement of Pietla, um, that was a major dud to, uh, today as Penn State lit him up for all eight of those goals. The, the Harvard goalie also had really good stats and he looked terrible with the rest of the Harvard team. So, uh, yeah, I don't, again, I, years ago, I started, stopped, um, you know, putting a ton of stock into the NCAAs as much, as much stock as, as I think a lot of people do, but this is just surprising. And we don't, we don't generally see this, these types of boat races. Um, but yeah, uh, it's credit to that league. I, I, you were, you were definitely down on the big 10. Mm-hmm. I certainly wasn't high on them because I figured, these teams look good playing against each other, kind of like-minded younger teams, flashier skill when they, when they meet more experience and more size and, and this, this kind of thing typically has happened in the history of the big 10 hockey conference. It hasn't happened, but uh, this might be their year as a conference. Uh, I mean, had a great regular season and, and so far just an unstoppable tournament, but um the Huskies have something to say about that. One team that and, can stop. That's right. And the only NCHC team left, mm-hmm. um, Denver and Western Michigan were duds. So yeah, let's get back to that Huskies game. Yeah. For the first half of that game, I, I wasn't feeling all that hot about the Huskies. Um, this was, I did actually, I don't know. We talked about it in the last podcast. Did you go back and watch any of those Mankato games from October? Um, I did not. I watched some of the highlights. So just to kind of jog my memory on how the games went. I, I basically watched the Friday game of that series, you know, fast forwarding through a lot of it. Cause I remember saying, I thought that they, it, it went like 10 minutes before them getting a, the Huskies to get their first shot on goal. It wasn't quite that bad. They did get a shot like two minutes into the game, but at the 10 minute mark, it was like seven to one shots in favor of Mankato. And the thing was, was I thought it was very similar to what we we saw play out in Fargo is that yes, they have a good possession edge, but either a combination of the Huskies keeping them to the outside or Mankato choosing to stay on the outside. A lot of the possession that Mankato had in that October game that I rewatched didn't produce a ton of grade A chances. And we saw that again, I think on in, in Fargo on Thursday is that yes, for that first half of the game, I'd say um, until that power play that met and broke the, mm-hmm. broke the dam. Um, that was the story of this game where St. Cloud had very few opportunities. Uh, Mankato had a steep shot advantage and a steep possession advantage. I thought that like 50-50 battles were all going Mankato's way. Um, but yet, name me one like grade A chance that they had. I would even argue that St. Cloud had the best grade A of that first half of the game where they had that sort of three-on-two, two-on-one odd man break with Crookshank kind of whiffed yeah. on a cool. passing yep. attempt. I thought that was the best scoring chance for either team. 
up until the Mietnin goal. But if you look at, I'm sure the metrics uh, possession wise, I'm sure Mankato dominated that first half of the game, but there wasn't a ton of great opportunities generated from that possession. I I think Mankato lacks a finisher. Mm -hmm. um, And that's one of their issues this year. And they were a lot better last year as far as much more prolific offense. I listed a couple of the guys that had 40 plus point seasons last year, furry borchard, really took a step back in their offense this year. And, you know, guys like Nathan Smith and uh, Napravnik that, that graduated. Um, those guys I think were, were key because they just didn't have, they didn't have a guy that, that really could finish the job. And they were keeping a lot of stuff to the, to the outside. We saw that Cilia did end up playing for Mankato, but you can tell he wasn't really a hundred percent. Cause I don't, I think he was pretty quiet mm-hmm. um, for Mankato as well. So perhaps that injury Maybe he was the finisher that they needed, and he, like I said, you barely heard his name throughout the game. So, yeah, so that first half of the game, I bite my nails, and I'm like, this isn't going great, and Caster keeping him in the game. I mean, there were several power play opportunities for Mankato. Didn't realize that Mankato is stuck to number one overall in the nation, power play. Um, And so knowing that, a couple of kills on the power play, which were huge, um, and the other thing, big key that kept the Huskies in the game, talking about Mankato's possession advantage, is that uh, St. Cloud was great on faceoffs, and that was another number one in the country rating for Mankato. They were the best in the country at faceoffs. So, had the Huskies not had the faceoff advantage, that may have that may have prevented a Mankato first goal situation because they're winning a lot of draws in Mankato's offensive zone that were preventing them from setting up their offense the way they, they liked. They would still, it seemed like St. Cloud was having such a hard time uh, breaking the puck up because it was an aggressive forecheck. Mankato's all over them, and I think out physicaling them too. Um, but because they were at least able to win some draws, it negated a bit of the opportunity for Mankato to set up their offense to their liking. So I thought the, the big keys, at least keeping them in the game for that first half, was winning those draws, um, caster coming up huge and your penalty kill was effective. Uh, another key that we, we said, so again, I, I want to kind of go a little slower than we normally do or more in depth than we normally do because this is a special podcast, but so I'm just kind of taking that first half of the game first, whereas like I said, St. Cloud being outplayed, but sort of playing a rope and dope style here and weathered the storm. And once they got that first goal from Yetnan. I think the tide started to turn. What, what were your thoughts that first, like, again, through the first half of the second period? Yeah, very similar. And especially, like, when you said about that Crookshank, uh, when he whiffed on that one-timer, I thought that things were kind of kind of go the other way. Like, like, they'd have a big momentum shift. Just because I break down some moments in my head to be much bigger than they actually are. Like, I even go back to, like, Nick Dowd um, in the Frozen Four against Quinnipiac. Um, where, you know, speaking about bad starts, granted, we were down 2 nothing incredibly quickly. Um, but, like you said, Caster kind of kept us in it. Um, he, just, he, he just played solid. The defense was there to really help and support him. Um, but I think that Nick Dowd... Um, you know, there was one time that he got stoned, um, you know, really, really close into who was the goalie for Quinnipiac? Hartzell? Uh, Hartzell. Hartzell. Um, 
where if he would have put that up just about a quarter of an inch higher, I think it goes over his pad and it makes it a, a one goal game. Instead, it stays a two goal game and uh, Quinnipiac was able to uh, kind of keep it. So I was thinking after uh, Kirkshank kind of whiffed on that, I was just kind of thinking, oh man, this is this is not going to be our night. Things aren't going to go well. They have all the momentum here. You know, obviously, you know, hockey, it's going to take just one shift and maybe maybe we'll make adjustments here going into the second. And I feel like the Huskies do that this year. We make adjustments. The second tends to be kind of our best period early into the second. So I'm like, okay, tied going into the second. We're going to be good. Domination again by Mankato. Minnesota State dominated the first part of that second period and really up until that penalty. And um, up until that penalty, I was just thinking, we are just getting worked. We need something to kind of spark something. Uh, some Someone needs to, to step up. And um, sure enough, we've criticized them on the power play. Um, many times I have. And, but Miettinen, over the past couple of games here, he's been incredibly strong. And he uh, fired that one in. And after that, I was like, okay, that'll get a little bit pep in the step. And I don't know if it was kind of our experience because I mean, obviously Mankato has a lot of experience too in the, in the NCAA tournament. So they're no slouch there either, but I, yeah, the Huskies like early on just felt really tentative. Um, not that they were making a lot of mistakes, but you can tell they just weren't pressuring. They weren't putting up the, they, they just weren't nearly as aggressive. And they just, like you said, played that rope a style, which obviously could backfire so um you know things obviously really changed on that uh goal and then um peered a little bit later and then after that i kind of breathed a little easier and then after that i thought uh yeah the huskies uh played well the rest of the game yeah another turning point was so there's that cranola penalty early in the second period like six minutes in um Mm -hmm. that was Another one of these plays where the Huskies were struggling to break the puck yep. out. Um, credit to Mankato with sort of pressuring the D, or at least the breakout uh, attempt, and caused a turnover from Cranola, and then he took a penalty to sort of try to negate a scoring chance for, for Mankato. At that point in the game, I'm thinking if Mankato doesn't score here, I, uh, maybe the Huskies have good fortune on their side. And they did have they did have a good amount of, of uh, puck luck and, mm-hmm. and good fortune, which we'll, we'll get to that. But um, it's a shocking development there. Uh, St. Cloud getting puck yeah, luck in right? the NCAA tournament. Um, so, uh, but that was key, I thought, was wasn't the first power play for Mankato. Um, but, uh, but at that point in the game, you know, 26, 27 minutes into the game or whatever it was, and with the uh, possession domination that Mankato had up to that point, I just figured this is just a matter of time. But again, um, credit to the to Caster in particular. I mean, best game of his life. Yeah, uh, I, I know he had the go for shutout earlier in the year, and wouldn't mind another one of those <laughs> tomorrow. Um, but uh, just considering the uh, the moment, the situation. And particularly when you weave in the narrative uh, from last year's NCAA tournament, um, this was, you know, just a, just a, 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 a game for the ages. Um, first shutout ever in uh, St. Cloud tournament, NCAA tournament history. Um, so he gets to make some, some history uh, there. 
And uh, yeah, that so after after that penalty is is killed, and then Furry taking the penalty for Mankato, uh, you know that was when they did that interview with Hastings, and he he even called it himself. He's like, yeah, we got to watch out from Yetnin. and uh, <laughs> sure enough, he's the guy that sniped it in. And like you said, after that one, and then particularly after the Peart ping, yeah. the ping goal. Talking about Nick yeah, Dowd. Talking about Nick Dowd. It, 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 Gave the ghosts of Nick Dowd passed here. <laughs> That's right. Um, different corner, I think. Dowd's was the um, top left of the uh, of the bar, where this one was top right. I think, I think so. Yeah. Um, but uh, but that one, and after after that, up two nothing going in the third period. You figured that St. Cloud. I mean, maybe not even had the advantage. There, there was never a game, and there was never a time in the game that it really like. Prior to the the Peart goal, there was like a shift or two before that where they had some sustained pressure in the offensive zone for like the first time in the yeah, game. Yeah, that was um, – yeah. And then that shift by – that was the Rodgers, um, Spellacy, um, who else is on that line? Uh, Ashan? It was that line. It was, it was Rodgers that had the assist to, to Peart, helped set that play up, uh, and – We've been talking about that. You know, Mietnin's a, a usual suspect for the scoring uh, when it comes to scoring for St. Cloud. But talking about like last weekend in the frozen faceoff, it was basically all the top two lines. That's entirely what drove your offense. Getting the contributions from the other lines. And I, I thought the Rodgers line was really good um, yeah. on, on Thursday. And so that that's another big key going forward too, especially when you look at the Gophers they're run by top two lines and, and their third and fourths, um, you know, are, aren't terribly that much better uh, than St. Cloud. So if, if you can win a game there um, through depth scoring, uh, that can be an X factor. So, uh, and yes, yeah, again, talking about like puck luck, we had that play in the third period where um, still two nothing at that point, uh, And the little shot from the point dribbles past caster, but then Trayvon yeah. cleans up the trash and almost hit a Sean too, as the puck was right. going. Well, and that kind of helped too, because it probably would have iced yeah. the puck, which would have been perfectly fine mm-hmm. play considering that situation. But it, it made it so the puck didn't go all the way down the ice, just to the neutral zone. And then Mietnin starts another play into the zone where it's somewhat of a fluky kind of, you know, scrum in front of the net and Okabe kind of hops one over. I'm not even sure if that hit the back of the net. Like it just sort of arced slowly over the Mankato goaltender Rancier. I'm sure that was like Maverick fans are just like, Oh my God. Um, but making it three, nothing there right on the heels of potentially making it two to one uh, huge break for the Huskies. And then there. was the uh, great to capitalize was on the double it. post. Then after that, and the double doink was after that. So. Um, and so, so it's good to see that the Huskies are getting those kind of breaks. Uh, and like I said, just surprising that that we saw that because of of the history of St. Cloud in this tournament. But um, nice to you know salt away a four to four to nothing victory that was not as the, the score didn't do a great job of of describing the uh, how that game mm-hmm. went, um, but. And, you know, St. Cloud's been on the other end of those kind of games um, and nice to 
nice to win a game like that when when you weren't playing your playing your best. But I don't think they played terribly either. Like they they played a good tournament game. This was kind yeah. of like a Duluth esque tournament game where you you weather a storm from your opponent, kind of wearing them out, battle of attrition. Um, and I think you know heading into the Gopher game, I think it gives you a good um, practice for that because playing as physical as Mankato did, I don't think that they were, I think Mankato out physical them, but it wasn't to the point where I don't think St. Cloud's a soft team at all. I think this toughens them up uh, potentially to play a, a heavier game against the Gophers. So yeah, it was a nail biter, uh, especially, you know, like I said, halfway through that game, I wasn't feeling all that great, but um, you, you get a hot goaltender, um, you get a couple of bounces uh, and you convert, you're opportunistic on the chances that you do get. Special teams was was so big in this game, and so these are the these are the things that you know national title winning teams. Uh, that's what seems to be the common denominator. Uh, those those things I just mentioned. So uh, good win, uh, and uh, we'll hope to keep the uh, momentum going. Yeah, and you know. <sighs> Just, just with that, if we want to just uh, kind of circle in then to um, who your who your player of the game was. I mean, I know we normally have uh, the the POW here for the uh, player of the weekend, but um, you know, if you want to go to the POD player of the day, Pog. So, something Pog. The Pog. Pogs for God. for our. Uh, fellow God, I love I loved Pogs. Uh, <laughs> Do you ever? Uh, I I collected yeah. them. I didn't know what the hell they <laughs> meant. Um, what was it? The slammer. The slammer. Yeah. Was it? Was that? I was like the big. That was like the big one. Yep. Um, the big one, and then you flipped yeah. over, and yeah. I mean, yeah. You collected. You traded. I never knew really how to play the game, but you, you stack um, them up, and then you, I, uh, you throw your slammer down, and then you try. You collect the ones that flip over. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's bringing back mm-hmm. memories. And uh, it was probably like six weeks that I was into it, but they uh, were, uh, yeah, they anyway. were banned in our school. So I think they thought surprised they weren't for mine. Uh, I think, do you know they, where the name comes from? They, do you know where Pog derives they from? They thought it uh, promoted gambling. I think was their big thing about Pogs. I went to a Catholic school. I'm surprised that they didn't yeah, no kidding. <laughs> find an issue with that. Do you know what Pog stands for or where the name comes from? Uh, no, I do not. Enlightening. They were like, um, it's like a juice, pineapple, orange, and guava. It's P-O-G. Hmm. So like the, 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 the things were like originally like caps, caps, like bottle caps. I thought they were bottle caps, so, but I didn't know that uh, they actually, it was an anagram. You can still find, you can still find Pog juice hmm. too. Uh, it's not bad, but um, that's where it comes from. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I mean, so yeah, the player of the weekend. I mean, I can't imagine player of the game. Player of the game. game. Come on, yeah, gotta be Casper. It's kind of a no, no brainer. I mean, you can maybe, you know, Mianton did have the opening goal and the assist on the Akabi goal, but he was good, and he was. Peart was also very good. Peart, I thought, was excellent. One of our questions is about uh, Peart that uh, we can talk a little bit more about him in a few minutes, Um, but yeah. I mean, really, it, it comes down to Caster. Um, I thought he was yeah. obviously, in, you know, incredibly solid. He was, 
he was calm. He he never he never flopped around as much. I thought he like he he was really composed. He had good um you know, he saw the puck. I mean, there was really only one time that it trickled right behind him. But I do also want to give credit to the defense as well because Mankato did, like you said, like Mankato, they did get a lot of shots. They peppered him with what, 33, 34? 34. And I mean, like you said, how many grade A's did they have? I mean, it was a lot of, uh, I'd love to see like the the shot chart from it, but it felt like they were kind of a little bit far away. Caster was able to see them. Uh, Huskies were really selling out their bodies, getting in front, blocking shots. Um, and it was a, just kind of a good all around effort in that instance. So, um, you know, credit to the defense that they didn't give up a lot of second chances. Um, you know, we were able to kind of clear the puck uh, when you know, there was a rebound. Um, you know, maybe we weren't able to get out of the zone at all times. We were pinned down a couple of times, but, you know, still not, you know, not getting those bang, bang rebound chances up. That's that's huge, especially when it comes down to playoff time. And like you said, Mankato didn't really have the the same firepower as they did in the years past. And maybe that would have been different, but yeah, Huskies uh, came out on top. I think uh, that was a big reason why. Yeah. We also have to mention block shots, Mm -hmm. 23 block shots for the Huskies Um, and all the defense getting involved in that. Uh, Another huge key looking at the uh, advanced metrics, 77 to 37. That was even strength shot attempts uh, for an edge for Mankato. So more than two to one, uh, which would have, that's what, what I would have guessed. Um, but similar to when I was rewatching that, that came from, from October, which was apparently the, the better of the two games from Larson's perspective. When he spoke this week, looking back at that Mankato series from October, he said, we played good on Friday. We were pretty outplayed on Saturday, but we won both games. But even like the stretches that I that I rewatched on uh, of the Friday game, very similar script to this, where it's they do this aggressive forecheck and and they sort of like a little just skate around and just pass the puck or play keep around keep away. But it's it doesn't like I said, it looks it's impressive. But from a generation of quality scoring chances perspective. It's lacking something. Like I said, I think it's lacking a finisher uh, or, or or two um, because uh, you should be able to generate more quality chances off of a, mm-hmm. off of a, such a, a lopsided possession advantage. But credit to the Huskies, too, for keeping them to the outside um, as well. Uh, so, yeah, that was uh, – yeah, and definitely yeah, getting back to Caster, um, simply incredible and – that's your ace in the hole here. Um, you got a hot goalie. Uh, it just how your how your goalie is mentally prepared. We we mentioned some pretty good goalies here in the tournament just getting lit yeah. up, and there is that snowball effect. We saw that from Castor last year, mm-hmm. I think, but it works the other way too. When you have the confidence, we saw that from Renak the year before when they made it to the Frozen Four he was playing as, as most the most confident he's ever played. Um, and we're seeing a little bit, bit of that, maybe even better from Caster right now. So definitely a good sign. And he's now playing a team. We'll, we'll get into the preview here with the Gophers, but he's playing a team that 
you know, he's played very well against this year. So uh, that's going to be a huge uh, deciding factor in this game. I mean, between him and close, I'd give Caster the edge. Uh, uh, it's not going to come down to just that, but when it comes to these kinds of hockey games, um, more traditional sort of playoff hockey, which is not lopsided scores, it's eight rip uh, Michigan for those keeping track uh, at home through two periods. Um, seven goals in the second period uh, for Michigan. But uh, usually we get more tighter affairs. And we saw that even though four nothing might not indicate that 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 Mankato game was was a very tight one for the majority of the game and we're going to see I think something closer to that or closer to what the Canisius uh, gopher game was through two periods um and so if he uh if he plays like that again a uh, very good chance that uh Huskies will be visiting Tampa Bay uh soon so yeah do we want to um or did uh, go Huskies woo did he have did he make it a, a three for three um, or did he be, was he different or did he just not respond? Uh, he, he, he responded, but it was, it was a little bit of, uh, he wasn't as like, he was just like, it was tough to pinpoint one. Um, he did want to also throw out the international line. Um, uh, D did a good job clearing out pucks, rebounds and bodies. Just let him watch the puck in. So yeah, if you're able to see the puck and casters seeing the puck really well, um, so he didn't uh, actually uh, say one, but uh, again, I don't know if you shut out somebody in a, you shut out a, a team in the uh, NCAA tournament. Uh, I, I think you're going to get that nod nine times out of eight. Nine, nine times. Nine, yes. nine times out of eight. I think that is nine, appropriate. Nine, nine times. So, and... um, yeah, so team we know team we're familiar with team that's been getting all the buzz all season npr has an article about their big victory and a little block about uh saint Cl- a little paragraph right at the end about they play saint cloud who beat mankato and i'm like wow just <laughs> don't care about the rest of the state there npr got it so um but uh well it's it, to be fair it's minneapolis public yeah exactly oh, that's that's a good there are no NPR listeners that are in outstate Minnesota. So I guess that's you problem. get outside the, the four ninety four six ninety four loop. It's a different country. <laughs> oh, 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 all the letters are going to come in. Now Huskies hockey podcast got too political. <laughs> <laughs> Someone that literally has never listened to NPR in his life. So, um, but yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I'm ready for it. I gotta be honest. I didn't have a real solid feeling for whatever reason going into uh, Minnesota State game. Um, I feel pretty good about going into to to Minnesota because I think I think it's going to be easy for this uh, Huskies team to kind of get up for this match. Um, there's a lot of storylines here. Um, probably maybe even a little more so for the fans. I don't know how much the team hates Motsko or anything along those lines. They probably don't care nearly as much, but um, it's, it's, it's just something I would like to, t- you know, kind of twist that knife um, into him, knock him out, end his season. Uh, and it's, 
it means a lot uh, and it means so much that I was actually able to get tickets. So I'm going to be in the building. Really? I'm going to head up to Fargo uh, tomorrow. And um, yeah, I uh, wife and I are going to kind of make it my birthday uh, birthday uh, present and whatnot. So, Good. so thank you uh, to, to Mrs. More clappers uh, for, for, uh, for indulging me in an impromptu trip. Uh, I was lucky I was able to get uh, tickets off Ticketmaster uh, versus going secondhand. Um, they they I, made, if you don't mind me asking, how much did it set you back? I'm just curious. 134 for two tickets? For two? Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it's what, I mean, I, you know, rounded up to 140, $70 a ticket. I think they were selling on Ticketmaster for 58 plus then all the fees. Or so that seventy eight is is all the fees are yeah, included in that. Yeah. Figure. So the one thirty four is all the fees for both tickets and everything. Really, I I thought it was all sold out. That's what everybody said. That's why you shouldn't put all the Minnesota teams there because the game's just been sold out for four months. Yeah. I. But you got you got these from from Ticketmaster, Ticketmaster. meaning not the secondary not market. secondary market. Yeah. Was it a, it is a standing room ticket? No, I got a seat. And my my joints are old. I haven't been keeping up I with guess my all yoga. Those rumors were so. wrong. I wonder. I You're wonder me that there was that there was internet chatter that was incorrect. <laughs> I wonder if there was something to do with like uh, teams getting. Oh my god, he just fell. Sorry. Um. Anyway, uh, um, <laughs> they didn't. Michigan didn't end up scoring, but literally the Colgate defender decided to take a nap. <laughs> oh yeah, I just saw it. You're like ten seconds above me. Anyway. Um, so yeah, that one. Was um, I'll edit that out. I mean, I won't. But, um, but I, I wonder if like, Canisius fans returned their tickets to the box office, their school allotment, or something that opened more up, or something along those lines. I don't know. But, um, there was a drop around noon, uh, and I was able to 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 sneak in get uh, get two tickets. So I was pretty excited about that. Great. And not Great. paying, like I said, secondary prices because uh, I think on StubHub there's two fifty or so going for it per ticket. So, yeah, I mean, it looked like a good atmosphere there. I mean, it wasn't every not every seat was filled. Well, I mean, that's always tough. Also, when you buy for the session, um, so I mean, when you buy for the session, then half your fan base leaves if it's not a, if you know that uh, that don't care about the team. Um, what are you kind of looking forward to? Obviously, I mean, in my head, obviously you ride Caster. Caster's your guy. Um, right. I don't think there's any question about it right now, especially considering he played so well against the Gophers um, uh, earlier in the yep. year. And the lineups earlier in the year against them, obviously we still had Ann Horn in. Um, yeah. Zemer played. So first off, do you think Zemer plays? I think, I think Zemer plays for Reiners. I don't think you take Wiley out. Yeah, that's interesting. So did Wiley play in those games? No, probably not. Because he, he Lukey, there were like two or three Lukey was back month yep. or two that he didn't really crack the lineup at all. Yep. Uh, yep. And, yeah, that's interesting. So I, that's a good thought. Um, and I think you're going to want to be physical, yeah. and I think Zimmer brings that physical. Maybe a little bit too much, and that's where like you get on the penalty kill. That's going to be, um, I think it's kind of a roll that kind of, in D&D, you call that a glass cannon, 
where yeah, you have someone who hits really hard, but they have a low AC. Um, you know, it's kind of the same with Zemer as you're somebody who's going to be physical, who's going to be, um, you know, very kind of in your face, but he kind of pushes that edge maybe a little bit and it might burn you. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always like kind of my preconceived notion that the Gophers are more skillsy, less sized, um, team, but looking at the tail of the tape here, uh, they've got the, a pretty significant, they've almost got 10 pounds on the average weight on the Huskies. Um, Huskies have one of the lightest teams in the country. Gophers fourth heaviest bunch of fatties over there. Um, and too much time over at Sally's. Or, <laughs> so I don't think, so I don't think Sally's some, is still open size. actually, but so the Gophers will have the, the size advantage. Uh, and yeah, bringing in a guy like Zemer who can, play a little bit more physical might not be a terrible idea. Although when's the last time Zemer? I was just about to say that wondering if he's a little rusty game three against Minnesota Duluth. He did. I I was, I was thinking that he didn't even play any of the playoff games, but so, all right. He's not that, that rusty. Um, Yeah. That's that. That wouldn't be a bad idea. I think. Um, And yeah, as you said, just getting back to like the, uh, the the narratives, the storylines here, obviously with Motsko is a huge one. Um, You know, Gophers have had their season end by an in-state rival the last two years in Mankato. Perhaps they were just okay with the Huskies taking care of Mankato. Uh, if that would have happened a third straight year, uh, that would have that would have not sat well, I think, with the Gopher fan base. But neither will a loss to Jan Brady, you. So it would be sweet. Like you said about the players – getting up for like the Motsko situation. Keep in mind, like Meyer and Miller and Bushy were all brought to the Huskies by Motsko. So do have a couple of players here that have, that have that experience. They never played for him, but uh, they would have been recruited there by him. So a bit of extra motivation there as well. I do think that as the Gophers um, being big brother here uh, and I, Beyond that, just being the number one overall seed, I think they have more "quote unquote" pressure yeah. here, um, and that might be a good thing for the Huskies. Uh, as far as they're not, they're not having like a, hey, anything goes. Uh, what like I think they're motivated too, uh, and it's I think they're going to be definitely very disappointed if if this game does not go their way, but from the sense of, I think they can play a little looser in the sense of, um, or, or maybe the, the Gophers will play a little bit more passively, especially at the start. I'm looking at that for the first two periods of that Canisius game, which were, it was getting interesting there. Canisius yeah. had a lead on them. Um, great goal. That second goal of theirs is maybe one of the best of the tournament so far. Um, and it was surprising too, that it wasn't, you know, when they had that lead, it wasn't AIC over St. Cloud like. Um, like they were playing with it was it, it was more reminiscent of Ferris State, uh, the, the Ferris Evans State game, where Ferris played a really good game in that game against St. Cloud. Like, and that was the most surprising thing. Like, if you would have told me that Ferris State would have won the game over the Huskies, that would have been surprised. You would have told me that they were going to win five to four. That was the most shocking part about that. Whereas, you know, AIC, if they're ever going to beat St. Cloud, is going to be like a two to one, one nothing type game. 
which is a, sort of what I figured what would ha- if if that if yeah if that would have happened with with uh, Canisius this time it, I would have figured it would have been a game where it's a slog and yeah maybe the second game has it got some ice issues but no they were skating pretty well with them um, but obviously then third period comes and take that five minute major and yeah and then the floodgates soon open but interesting too so Canisius in that first two periods they did a good job limiting the top two lines uh-huh. for the Gophers. You know, the, the Snugger and Cooley Nye's line was shut out and they were, they got to the lead by getting contributions from lower from, from the bottom six guys, Kurth, uh, Huglin scored the, the, the second and third goals for the Huskies. Uh, and it wasn't until the, the game sort of opened up that for the Gophers, I'm sorry. Did I say you the Huskies? Did. Um, and usually I just be uh, like, whatever, everyone knows what we're talking about, but <laughs> oh, please, I do that more often than like last, when I was listening to last week's show, I said about like, you can put in a, you don't have to avoid first round matchups in the tournament. If a league gets more than half their teams in, but I said the WCHA got five, uh, six teams in from a five team league. That's what I said on on the show. I'm like, how is that possible to get six teams in from a five team league? There were a ten team league. I should just for the record. So yeah, that'll be in our errors team. corrections and yep. section of the show. Yes. So yeah, but it wasn't until the third period that that line was able to tack on some garbage time points. But surely that had to be part of Canisius's game plan is to key on that top line in particular, um, and try to limit their offense. Uh, Huskies were able to do that for the most part. Um, you know, the only two goals that they scored, um, against the Huskies, none of them was on five on five play had a power play goal and then an overtime three on three goal. Um, and Nyes and Cooley scored those goals, but obviously in that home game, limiting the, the opportunities, especially from that line was, was definitely key. Another factor about that series was, it was coming off the world juniors, so you had Cooley um, playing in that series, um, perhaps with with uh, not as much gas in the tank at that point. I remember even like by the end of that month, like when they when the Huskies got swept in Duluth, I remember like on the podcast coming back, like think reevaluating that Gopher series. It was like that's that just seems like a weird kind of fluky season, fluky series that I don't really know how much stock I want to put into it because playing them when they, when you played them, I think had, had an effect. And so that's why I'm, I'm, I'm loving the fact that we're getting a third game Mm -hmm. here. Cause I think this is more indicative of how both teams are. Remember the Huskies too had uh, appeared at the world juniors too. So he was likely not at a hundred percent energy wise uh, when they played him in January. So I like the fact that you have a neutral site here and third game and frozen four on the line. Uh, just the intangibles make for a really intriguing matchup. And like I said, I, th- I think the, uh, I think the Gophers definitely have a talent advantage. Um, but I think the Huskies have, they play more of like a team. Yeah. I think the, uh, the Gophers are more individualistic Huskies. I think are gelling as a team at, at this point a little bit better. And I think I would give the edge in goaltending to the, to the Huskies, uh, just in this, you know, one game situation like this. So, I definitely think it's a possibility for the Huskies. I mean, but looking at the how the Big Ten has been uh, putting up touchdowns left and right in this tournament, uh, I, I 
I, I wouldn't be surprised if this isn't a, if, if this is a, not, not a nine, nothing game, but uh, uh, something where more likely the, more like the um, 2014 regional final, um, which is the first, uh, the, the last time that that's the only time so far that these two teams have met in the uh, NCAA tournament. And that was, sort of a non-competitive uh, uh, win for the Gophers. But that was, again, coming off the double overtime. Mentioned this last week. Huskies played the double overtime win with the Nick Dowd-Ping goal against Notre Dame. They didn't have a ton in the tank coming back the very next day in an afternoon tilt. Um, we've got our fresh rest, uh, uh, the extra day there. So Thanks, Bob. Thanks to Motsko yep. and, and Brad Berry and, uh, and everyone that uh, uh, conspired to – create the extra day. So the rest uh, factor should be neutralized, should be no advantage there for, for the Gophers. So I'm um, really excited to see a, a entertaining game because I said at the beginning of the show, this tournament has been devoid of a ton of entertainment uh, so far. So I think this one at least uh, presents a, a good chance of, of an entertaining kind of back and forth game. What, 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 what are your thoughts? Yeah. I, I wanted to kind of look at um, some stats that I saw on Twitter and now I can't find them, but basically they were just going through some of the stats of basically uh caster and what his performance has been in the, um, in the playoffs and just, he's been incredibly lights out. Um, obviously, you know, the one that kind of sticks out, um, if you look at the just the schedule, the five one loss against Minnesota Duluth. Bassie played that one. That wasn't Caster. Right. Um, not to say that it was all Bassie's fault, et cetera, et cetera. But it but I mean just the fact that Caster has been so solid in the playoffs really, really just kind of shows how he's been able to to rebound and kind of block everything out. Um and I, I wish I could find like his his stats. I think it was like a nine seventy save percentage, or, something like that. So yeah. in, incredibly impressive. Um, and then I just, you know, this Gophers team obviously it's an incredibly talented squad, and they're a good squad. But I just don't get the pedestal that they're on. Um, everyone puts them on this huge pedestal. Like I, I've been getting so many questions about like, do we stand a chance against the Gophers or can we beat the Gophers or anything along those lines? And I'm like, I, I just, I just don't get where this kind of like this, this isn't a David and Goliath situation. It's far from it. Like this team has proven time and time again, that, that we are able to compete with anybody in the country. We have competed and we've beaten anybody in the country. So like to, to think that, Oh man, do we, do we have a chance here? Is I just think ridiculous thinking Um, looking at, you know, I, I'm kind of reminded of, you know, uh, the mindset kind of reminds me of the mindset of, uh, you know, if you want to hop in the way back machine back in 2006, you know, when we were at the final five and it was St. Cloud against Minnesota. And if you, that obviously it, you, you know, it, you love it. It's that eight to seven game. But I mean, you look at the, the box score, you look at the people, you know, on the teams. I mean, they had a line of Patoni, Stona and uh, Stoa and Ermin. <laughs> I mean, 
like they, they they had Kessel Gordon and Wheeler on a line and 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 all this talk about how great and God's gift to hockey is the Snuggaroo knives and Cooley line and but I mean we were counter we were countering that line uh with Hengen Jensen and Gordon you know Hooten Mielli and Day and we were able to pop in eight like you don't you don't think that we're people like are honestly worried that we're not going to like we don't deserve to be on the ice with these guys. I am so excited for this game. And um, I, I think there's just going to be so much intensity. I do really like the Huskies chances, especially being the underdog here. And I don't think that we're going to make the same mistakes that Canisius does. And um, if the Gophers try to be so individualistic or, thinking that they can make all these pretty plays that they tried with Canisius. Um, I, I think there it's going to be a quick um, turnaround, quick shock to them. Um, and I do expect, I do expect the Huskies to really dominate here, especially like in the first 10 minutes, I think they're going to come out guns blazing. And it's just very important that I think we convert on those chances early on. I think we're going to win the game. I wish I was as confident as you, um, I'm not that confident uh, because I don't really feel like they came out and dominated Mankato. Uh, so I, I, but I'd love to see it. Uh, I don't. Yeah. They didn't come out and dominate Mankato. No, but I think, and I would say who, whoever scores first, I think wins. So yeah, scoring first is going to be huge. Uh, you get an early St. Cloud goal there. This could get fun. Um, but uh, looking back to it, that that January series or what I remember is Spellacy, that line, I think, is the designated line to defend against the Nye's Cooley Snuggerud line. Do they have a nickname for that line yet? I saw that the Western Michigan was dubbing that top line the Assassin line, which... Um, I like somewhat like it because it, it blends in the name Max Sasson, but it's kind of, it's kind of, I don't like it as much because he's like the third best player on that line. <laughs> like, like Pollen is obviously the, the best player on that line, but it feels like this line is deserving of a, of a nickname. I'm surprised uh, I haven't heard one. Maybe there is, but anyway, uh, that seemed to be the game plan for Larson to, well, they don't put to match up. They that don't line. put points up on the board. So, like, I don't know. It's tougher to find sexy line appeal names for, you know, if Spellacy isn't going to turn in. No, no, I'm, talk- I'm talking about the gopher. The gopher. Oh, gotcha. That's why I was really confused because you were talking about matching up with I just Spellacy. I don't like saying coolie, nice, sugar, snuggaroo. Gotcha. Like, that's a mouthful. I. Yeah, sorry. How about how, how about uh, this? Maybe maybe we, we should. Yeah, no, tell I you, got one. If we I got this one. Game, right we here. might want to. We Ready? might want to put Ready? a nickname. Here's the nickname: line. the signing on Monday line. Boom. That that's what the <laughs> name. That's what the nickname is for uh, for that line because all three of them are going to sign. Actually, uh, another correction slash addendum slash mistake that we made last podcast. You kind of also kicked back at this when I said I thought it was Cooley that uh, was going to come back. It was Snuggerud that actually said that he was going to come back for next year. Yeah, so. I, I didn't see that. Of the of the four, I think he might be the one. I would have said he's the one that 
is most likely to come I'm back. I'm surprised he's even the coming other... back. But yeah, when when I when you kind of kick back, it was like Cooley, really? Uh, I should have actually taken yeah, that. I, I would. I could probably go up and watch Cooley in person here pretty soon. Also, in an arena of five thousand people, <laughs> right? So, right. Uh, but yeah. So if if the Huskies are to win, I, I bet that maybe we'll put a, a nickname to the Spellacy line because they would have, if they go with that game plan again, that would be a big key for them winning to to shut that line down. Um, and like I said, that Rogers with Rogers too, like, uh, I don't think he was playing with LSE at that time thinking it was chase brand. Um, and we've, and Spellacy scored the, the only goal of the game for the Huskies on the Saturday game, the only non empty netter. Um, so, and brand scored the only goal for them in the Mariucci game. So both they uh, were able to, to compete that weekend with without their top line producing. both both um, games it which, was Spellacy, molinar and roseboro and solquist okay. brand and ingram were the two lines yeah i haven't seen roseboro for a while mm-hmm. um so i wouldn't wouldn't figure he's gonna uh, uh that he's gonna be in the lineup but um i like you know Spellacy kind of had a nice screen for that uh the uh I was going to say a shot because I was thinking Jack is Sean, but, uh, but the uh, Peart goal, um, he got dirty there and, and pr- pr- provided a screen. So I think that that line will be huge as far as from a defensive standpoint. And, and yeah, if the uh, top two lines can produce in the bulk of the offense, uh, I think that's the game plan. Yeah. Like you said, I don't think this is, this would be a monumental upset. Um, but I, I do think the Huskies are going to have to play a better game than they did against Mankato to win this game. Yeah, I um, do agree with that. If they if if the Gophers have the kind of uh, puck advantage uh, that uh, Mankato had, I highly doubt that they're going to go scoreless uh, in, in those long stretches. So um, being able to kind of weather the storm, but then also – uh, forced the action more than they did against Mankato. And then obviously special teams would be huge. Um, you, you get a power play opportunity against this team. It's like, it, it's almost a must. Um, and then especially from, from the back end too, we saw the Canisius game really went out of spiral out of control when they take that five minute major. Um, Huskies need to be disciplined. Their PK is peaking at the right time. It's been very, very good over the last few weeks. Ten for um, but ten for twelve in the playoffs. You don't want to give the Gopher power play uh, a ton of opportunities, um, and we didn't. We saw that's what we saw in the uh, in the January series. They had that nice goal, but um, very few power play opportunities for for the Gophers uh, in that series. So that would be another key going down the stretch here. Um, or, or at least looking looking at this game, uh, stay out of the box, play disciplined. It's going to be a physical game, but but don't be too undisciplined uh, and give them uh, you know more opportunities than 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 they than, than you want to give them. So yeah, um, I, I'm just looking forward to a fun a fun matchup uh, and the Motsko factor obviously uh, really really adds that extra level. Um, and so, yeah, a, a victory here would be one of the sweetest victories uh, in program yeah. history. And it would be one of probably the more bittersweet losses in gopher history. Let's make it happen. Oh, exactly. 
Um, I believe the last time these teams met in the tournament was um, in 2014. Uh, Only time that they played yep. in the tournament. So um, where uh, Minnesota was able to come on top for Rip. Um, and that was kind of also the, you know, when I kind of described that game, it was just kind of a suffocating boa constrictor um, type situation where it was just, you kind of knew it was coming and it was just all closing in, closing in, and you weren't able to really get any type of momentum going. Um, and that's where the quick starts really got to help out the Huskies. Um, and the, um, I, I, I feel like it's going to be different and I feel like uh, the Huskies are going to come out on top. Obviously, both of us really want the Huskies to win for many reasons. Andrew, do you think the Huskies will win? I mean, I, I picked them in our bracket last week or on the last show. So I I feel compelled to, to stay consistent. Go with your gut. If you really want to... I, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I think the Gophers are gonna are gonna win it, but I think it's not gonna be like it's up to eleven to one here. <laughs> uh, I know we're doing game cast with a game that's already been finished by the time anyone listens to this, but if everyone's it, listening to this, this now, thinking, "Oh, at this time they're recording, it's only eleven to one," <laughs> as I would imagine, right. Michigan's gonna... still on a five in a major power play. <laughs> They've scored, I think, three times so far. So yeah, it's far from over. Uh, so. I was just wondering because we we got we already used the nine clip, but you know, Gopher scored nine, um, Michigan scored nine. nine, nine. nine time. There's there's been a lot of opportunities to use that sounder. Um, hey, maybe St. Cloud can can put, can hang nine uh, on the there Gophers. We go. Can you imagine that? Imagine if the Huskies win nine God, to one. I would, I, I would, <laughs> I would streak down Fargo. Is what I would do. I'd be so happy. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, hold you to that. Um, and I so, will ask Teresa to give me the video evidence. Yeah, right. Of that, exactly. uh, if and when that exactly. happens. So, so they're, they're, you know what? If they win nine to one, I will streak naked down the streets of Tucson. There you go. Uh, I think the temperature difference between Fargo and Tucson are going to be a little <laughs> bit different. Um, I put out a quick feeler for questions. Let's fire through these quickly. Um, uh, do the Big Ten teams know that it's not a most goals scored tournament? Uh, judging by the Skullgate game, uh, no, they don't know. God, can you imagine if it was NCAA tournament with the two game series most goals? What a bummer of a second yeah. game would that be? Just keep the clock running. Um, yeah. Uh, Alex Fern, uh, I was listening on. Um, on uh, Thursday, I was listening to a little bit of the KBSC podcast. Obviously, they do a wonderful job. Um, Caster has been phenomenal as late. What do you think makes him um, as good he, as he has been? Um, I think he's seeing the puck well, and um, I think also the defense is just, uh, you know, getting in, blocking shots, but also limiting these rebounds. Um, any rebound that does come up, um, our defense has been there to really swipe it away, and that's uh, kind of really stood out. And I want to say you said this like two months ago that it feels like the defense plays better in front of Caster than Bassey. Um, I don't I don't remember saying that, but I'll go with it. Yeah, let's. <laughs> and that sounds smart. So let's let's go with it. <laughs> so, 
and um, it's uh, that that's how they're definitely playing in front of them right now. So it's been, um, you know, obviously if they keep them up, there's not a lot of teams, if any teams in the country. I don't care how many points the Big Ten is going to score. I, I don't. If our defense and Caster keeps playing like this, it's not going to happen. Any thoughts? I almost like the fact, yeah. When it was three to two, in the, or the, when it was three two Gophers after two periods against Canisius, um, and then it ends up being nine to two, I kind of liked that aspect of it from the sense of if they would have won a three to two game, four to three, something like that, where they gut it out, I think their their focus would have been like more razor sharp coming into the Huskies yeah. game. Like we sweated out this win against Canisius, we had to scratch and claw just to beat them. So now we really got to bring against Huskies. Whereas the sixth goal, third period, it might bring a little of the big headed, like, Hey, yeah, these guys don't even belong in the same rink as us. It might, it might give a little bit of big headedness um, to the Gophers, which I, I like. Um, so in a weird sense, I like that they sort of ran the score up because, um, because of that. The other sense too, downside there, Matsko mentioned this in his post game remarks about taking advantage of the extra commercial breaks um, and longer intermissions, which I'm sure he probably like, I wouldn't be surprised if he threw that into his 8 PM bitch session. Like, uh, well, we got these extra, uh, extra time to deal with longer intermissions. It really throws us off. I, I don't know if he actually said that, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Only, only if he his loses. Remarks, only if he loses, he'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, but in his postgame remarks, he's like, yeah, we really liked that because we could shorten the bench. Um, and I'm sure by the third period, I'm like, that top line probably got the last half of the period off because they didn't need them anymore. So that's not going to be the case against the Huskies. And seeing as he was playing that where he was giving the top line more time because of the extra uh, commercial breaks, um you know, that, that sort of rope-a-dope style, especially if you're going to be keying in on that top line for the Gophers, uh, makes it that much more uh, important. Um, and wondering if if the Huskies counter with, like, not shortening their bench, but at least just keying in on, on, on their defensive assignments when they're defending against that top line. Uh, it'd be interesting how they manage that. But, yeah, getting back to Castro, I guess. Um, the experience too, talking about excuses, experience, obviously a big factor with him and him literally being 26 years old, just turned 26 a month ago. If the Huskies win this game, you're not going to hear the end of that from Gopher fans. Uh, I, I, so, I just think countering uh, with Tanner Morgan being an eight year senior, I think <laughs> right. is, is your Trump card. I mean, no matter what, that's going <laughs> to win the argument. Okay, cool. Who is your quarterback? Tanner Morgan. Okay. <laughs> And, yep, and Gophers call, football call is right still now. terrible. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, but uh, that that's, I think, a big key, too. The fact that he had to have such a poor performance last year, I think, has motivated him all of this year. We've said that before. Um, I, I just think it, it just it, – it, it increases. After the Mankato game, the intensity increases for mm-hmm. him. Every, every next game here, um, he has stepped it up, seemingly. So I still think there's a level beyond the Mankato shutout that he can reach. So uh, can't wait for it to happen. Exactly. Um, uh, Also, Alex, part two, uh, Peart may have uh, made a turn, a 
thoughts on him. Um, I thought I, I think Pierce had an excellent playoffs. I would say. I mean, just overall, um, you know, throughout the season, he's been kind of boomer bust, but geez, has he found his stride? Um, you know, I called him not too long ago, probably about a month, month and a half ago. I called him a worse Jack Sean or a dollar store Jack Sean is what I called him. Um, and it's, um, yeah, he's been incredibly impressive. So it's, um, him leveling up, um, Rogers, I think has also been be- being played a little bit better or, you know, hit, or he's been playing quite a bit better throughout the, um, throughout the season. Wiley, um, obviously didn't get, um, to play against the Gophers and I think he's been playing incredibly well. So I'm just trying to counteract everything with Anhorn being out to, <laughs> to, yeah. to, to kind of show that I think that this Huskies team is, is going to be kind of chomping at the bit here. So I'm, I'm really excited how this game is going to go. Indeed. Um, so that's on Pierre. Are you to kind of echo what you were saying? Like I, I, I also I'm gladly eating crow. Yeah. I think my, my sound, bite I've been eating crow a lot this season and it actually doesn't taste that bad. <laughs> I'm okay yeah. with it. Except for the big, yeah. big I mean, top taste. Because well, right now I uh, look dumb with the, how well Big Ten is doing right now. Yeah, it's. I mean, he has that tendency to to be a little loose um, defensively and coughing up some turnovers, being a little bit too aggressive offensively. Uh, but uh, in the last couple of weeks, as you said, he's cleaned that up, and let's hope that that continues. So yeah, it's it's good to see. Right. Perfect. Well, that's uh, hey. But we're done. We're over an hour, so let's wrap it up. Well, what what are what are your regional final predictions? Oh, did I, did I get a prediction out of you that know. the Huskies are going to beat the yes, Gophers? I think they are. I have a good feeling. Um, Tomorrow so morning, you, probably not going to feel that way. Right now, that's how I feel. I'm. So what do you got? Uh, we got uh, Quinnipiac versus Ohio State. Um. Uh. I, I had Quinnipiac winning the whole thing in that bracket that uh, you sent me with Whiskey Dave, so yeah. I got to stick to Quinnipiac on and that. Although, that, oh. all like like Ohio State, like all of their Big Ten brethren, um, looking like world beaters here. Yeah. Uh, so I think that'll be a, a a decent game. But I I think Quinnipiac's going to win that game. I think it's conventional wisdom, but I know you love Ohio State. Yeah, exactly. Do you wanna do you wanna go with them? Uh, no, uh, Quinnipiac, um, and then uh, uh, Michigan over Penn State. I think they've um, all year kind of showed too. that. Um, and then you you get your Cornell BU matchup. Um, so mm-hmm. um, I maybe also undersold BU. Um, I thought they were incredibly really dominant against Western Michigan. That assassin line, yeah, uh, more like a. I don't know. There's a, well, they did a... score their only goal. <laughs> Pollen scored their only goal, but uh, some controversy there with a waved off goal that I think that first goal, if that is counted by Western Michigan, I think turns that game around a little bit yeah, or true. it plays out a lot differently at yeah. least. Uh, but uh, yeah, BU's yeah. I'll, I'll obviously take BU in that matchup. Yeah. I think either way, I mean, any of these teams that we've, the final eight that we're talking about, um, especially based on how the big tens looked so far should be a great frozen four, no matter who shows up. 
So, so that'll be the uh, that'll that. be the bounce back from the absolutely abysmal semi- uh, regionals that we've had so far. Let's hope. Well, yeah, let's hope these finals give some sort of intrigue. Because, like I said, I mean, the St. Cloud matchup might be the best game of the tournament so far, and that's not saying a yeah. whole lot. So. So yeah, let's hope for some better action, uh, entertainment wise. Sounds good. I'm Wally at more clappers, M O A R more clappers. I'll be, uh, in the building in shields, uh, arena on, um, at the game tomorrow, Andrew, you can reach him at Huskies hockey podcast at gmail.com. Send me an email. Sounds good. And until, uh, uh, we'll be back on, um, on uh, probably on Tuesday, posting the episode for a re- regular schedule of programming. So, yep. Um, until next time, go Huskies! Woo! Woo!